Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey Jonathan, how's it going? You know what's going to happen this weekend, Amy, right? I have no idea. It's going to be May. What? It's going to be May this weekend. It It is going to be May, you're right. Please is tell me you've a, seen that's that. A, is that a Taylor Swift no. something? Oh my goodness. All right, well, thanks for joining us this week, Amy. I'll see you next week. What was it? I don't even it's know what you're talking about. the Justin about. Timberlake meme from NSYNC. It's going to be me. It's going to be May. Wow. I I have no point of reference for this. Am I uh, too old for this? It's entirely possible, but no. you. Nope. No clue. I mean, uh, not even close. All right. Well, that goes the whole banter at the beginning of the show, Amy. You just kind of ruined the whole show for me. I'm sorry. I'm so You're going to have to really do some heavy lifting this show because I'm, I'm really down now. Sorry. So it's going to have to be like every other week, right? Exactly. But <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. You said it. I yes, didn't. Yes, I did. All right. Hey, well, let's jump into it. We got a few things. We got, guess what we got this week on the podcast, Amy? An interview that I did not get to participate in. I know. But I, I'm pretty excited anyway. It's connected to it. Does, it was on me. I wasn't available, but connected to last week's resource of the week. Yes. Charles Billingsley. That's right. New album, The Shadow of Your Smile, and it's incredible. We talked about it last week. He joined us this week, had a good little chat with Charles. That'll be coming up later in the show, after the news. And each and every week, the show here, SBC This Week, is brought to you by who, Amy? Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. That's right. Whether you plan to serve in full-time ministry or build a career in international marketplace, Texas Baptist College's Bachelor of Arts in Intercultural Studies will prepare you for effective kingdom ministry. Texas Baptist College is the undergraduate arm of Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. This degree equips students with business and communication skills as well as biblical and theological studies, preparing young believers for a lifetime of Christian ministry wherever God calls them. Let Texas Baptist College help you find your calling. Learn more at texasbaptist.com slash B-A-I-C-S. That's texasbaptist.com slash B-A-I-C-S for the Bachelor of Arts in Intercultural Studies. All right, Amy, let's jump into the news this week. We talked about this, uh, I think, last week, uh, maybe the week before. But last week, I know, the SBC Executive Committee has approved the move of the 2023 annual meeting from Charlotte to New Orleans. Yep, we are headed to New Orleans. Les et les bon temps roulés. Ditto. Yes, that's let the good times roll. Okay. Great. Now I understand what you just said. Hey, you were in I'm New not, Orleans this week. You should know these things. I didn't. I, well, I didn't say that when I was there. Okay. Well. I was in New Orleans this week for basically a day. This this week's wait, been crazy. Yeah, for a day, okay. pretty much. I got there late Tuesday night. My flight was delayed. Got there late Tuesday night. I was with the Baptist Communicators Association all day Wednesday and then had a very, very early flight home on Thursday morning. Like I left the seminary campus at 4.15. So, yeah. So I'm pretty tired. But uh, yes, I spent a day in New Orleans. It was amazing. I did not say that. French phrase that okay. you just said. All right. Well, did you get some good food at least? I did. I tried turtle soup for the first time. How was it? We talked about this beforehand, and I was trying to talk you into the turtle soup. I I really liked it. 
Okay, I good. liked it a lot. All right, back to the news. Uh, that's yes. enough of that. But back to news. We're going to New right. Orleans next year. We are going to New Orleans next year. It is it is done. And it, it am I correct? Was it was it unanimous? Yes, it was. Yeah. Fifty five to nothing. Yeah, it just wasn't really wasn't any other. Um, yeah. Do we want to have an annual meeting with enough space to hold everybody? Yes. Okay. Right. We have to move. I, it, that, it, it came down to math. I know we talked yep. about that on the previous podcast episode. We need 400,000 square feet plus, and Charlotte has 280. So, yep. So here we are. But as you said, we, we talked a lot about it last week, but it's done and set. So yes. let's plan. Let's plan for New Orleans. So, a couple of shout outs in this. Number one, to okay. our team who had to do all the work and trying to figure all this out and make, make all the contracts happen. Okay. So, Lynn Richmond, the entire team, great job there. Number two, shout out to our friends in New Orleans for really being excited about us coming. Jamie doing them. They already got a website up, Amy. They are up. very, they They're are pumped. very excited. They're pumped. Yes, because that I did I when I was with them, we talked about it and they are very excited. Yes. So we will have to share the the website and the show notes. All right. And then also probably the the biggest shout out of all of this, Todd and Zicker. And the North Carolina Baptist uh, Convention for their graciousness in the whole ordeal, and because I, I mean it, they were going to be the hosts, and now it just kind of right. got unfortunately right. taken away from them. And yeah. Todd put out a statement on Thursday that is the most gracious thing I've seen in a long time in our convention, and I really appreciate that. Todd's a good friend, good friend of the pod here, and uh, kind of was he ever a you ever work with him at Summit before? Did that happen? Was no. there any overlap at all? No. Okay. No, not right. not a bit. Like it, it was basically like he. he oh, that's right. Finished. He started like the first of July, and like that's when you right. went there. Yeah, yeah. But good friend of the pod, but, Todd and Zicker. But we're in the. He's yeah. in my small group. So, oh, okay. There you go. Yeah. So we we still. All right. Yeah. But extremely gracious. I really appreciate Todd's friendship, and I really appreciate Todd's uh, cooperative spirit and being on mission together with us. And uh, I just want to publicly thank Todd. If, if I haven't already, I, I've said it on the internet. I, I tweeted it out the other day, but I just wanted to publicly thank Todd for how he and the North Carolina Baptist have really uh, responded to this. Cause I know it's a letdown, right? But. Oh, absolutely. It's really kind of sad. Yeah. And even just the idea of realizing all we got to do is drive, you know, right across the state, but that's, that's all right. We are excited to go to new Orleans and we understand what's important is that we have the space for people to come and to be a yeah. part of the decisions that we make. Because decisions are made. By those who show up. Okay. Also in the story about the executive committee meeting this week was an update on financial matters at the EC, kind of a financial update on where they are. There was a story about a week and a half ago in Baptist Press about the cost of the investigation, just kind of an update on that, where things were. Uh, more numbers in this. I'll just rattle these off, Amy, real quick. The EC has spent a total of $1.6 million and change toward the Guidepost Solutions investigation, plus a little bit more. It's closer to $1.7 uh, right now, and that is, I think, as of the end of March. We haven't, I don't think, gotten the bill for the end of um, April and everything. So uh, I think that was through the end of March. It might be through the end of February. But anyway, they remember they allotted up to $2 million to that plus whatever uh, that was needed to cover any other direct expenses without further, further approval. So they have a, a $2 million plus 
kind of uh, account for that at the EC. And then also legal fees. They remember they, they approved up to $2 million on that. Actually, only one-third of that, actually less than one-third of that has been used. So under $660,000 has been used on the legal fees directly related to supporting the work of the Sex Abuse Task Force. So just a quick thing on that and also that the contingency and operating reserves as of the end of March were at $5.2 million for the executive committee. So still somebody there to support the work of the Sex Abuse Task Force. So uh, that that's kind of the financial update there. All right. Okay. All right. Some other news related to this year's annual meeting. The Committee on Nominations report dropped this week. It did. It, it dropped to today, right? We're, yeah. we're recording this on a Friday evening. And so um, it dropped today. This fits with the, the bylaws. The, the report has to be released through Baptist Press no later than 45 days prior to the annual meeting. Which is tomorrow. And <laughs> Right, right. Just That's in under the wire. There we go. Yeah, there you go. There are still a handful of vacancies yet to be filled by the committee. And so that can happen sometimes or you can have people that say they're able to do it and then they have to, you know, back out for some reason. And so there's a subcommittee that kind of handles those things. And so a final report will be in the the bulletin, but yes. this allows that, you know, it's like a, an almost, they're almost done. But, but I will say this, the names that were announced today, they will not be changed unless that person Right, backs out. Yeah, yeah, it can't be edited yeah. at this so, point for instance, in that sense. I'll just pull up the first name here. Who's the first person here on this list? Claire, Craig Carlisle from yeah. First Baptist Gadsden in Gadsden, Alabama, replacing Paul Hicks from Good Shepherd Community Church. Let's say he Hayden. moves. Yeah. Let's so, say Craig. But yeah, so say Craig tomorrow moves out of state. He's not going right. to do that. I know Craig, actually. He's not going to do that. He's the AMS, actually, in the Gadsden area there. Right, uh, right. But let's just say randomly he moves between now and the convention. Well, then he would be replaced. But yes. they can't go to Craig and go and say, Craig, sorry, we don't want you to be this anymore. Right. It's We're locked in now. Else. He's it's, locked in. It's that's right. It's locked in now. So yeah. but sometimes we've seen that. And so there might yeah. be a, a final last thing. Or sometimes a, a sitting trustee somewhere yeah. moves or whatever, and that vacancy pops mm-hmm. up in these kind of yeah. last forty five days. The ones that are vacant though, they are vacant because either they haven't got a final confirmation from somebody who they've already got set for that spot. Yeah. Or the person has backed out between whenever they set this a couple of weeks ago and now. So right. that has happened. Yeah, that they happens. Were pretty... So there's still a few of them that they've got to fill, but they're yeah. in the process of filling them. They just didn't have it confirmed enough to be able to put that person's name on this list because you wouldn't want your name showing up on here if you hadn't really Right. Made a you'd be like, um, I didn't say yes. <laughs> yes. So if elected, awkward. I will not serve, right? That's that's, <laughs> that's right. the Amy that's line. That's right. That's right. So anyway, this list is is uh, full, got lots of, of things that, you know, the executive committee list is pretty extensive because there were a number of vacancies that list. popped up mm-hmm. during the year. Yeah. And so that 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 includes when a vacancy pops up from a resignation during the year, those spots are not replaced until the committee on nominations can replace them. So that one's a little bit longer yeah. than I count normal 24. for those plus the 24 new people, plus right. the ones that are coming back on. So right. it's a you know, it's a big list. Uh, 24 yeah. new folks, plus, I guess, a new SBC president. So that would make yes. it 25 for the second straight year. That's 50 new executive committee members in two right. years. It's funny, though, when you look at these, because uh, we talked about this, that 
you know, there are people who have like same name. So when we saw in Texas, (laughs) Amy Thompson. Yeah. uh, Not that entity. Yeah. On the going on the North American mission board, not the same Amy Thompson that we know, good friend of the pod and And, works at the EC. Not the the same. Actually was the one like the EC person helping. Like right, with all the right. paperwork for this. Yeah. Right. But she doesn't live in Lubbock. So, you know, but it's just funny when you see that you're that's like, her second oh, family. Yeah. But that's not me. <laughs> um, so anyway, saw several names on here that I recognized and then several that I didn't. So uh, it'll be good to meet some of these people. Yeah, Always good to see new folks involved in the work of the convention. Always good to see some friends of the pot involved in the work of the convention as well. So congrats for all those folks. Again, the final list will be published in the Daily Bulletin on Tuesday of the convention per the SPC bylaws. All right, some more nomination news, Amy. We got another recording secretary nominee and um, also friend of the pod because he was on the pod last week, David Roach. How about David that? David Roach, and we did not know when he was on no, the we did pod not. That, that this would be coming. <laughs> so, so, he uh, used it yeah. as a launching pad. He used us as a launching pad, Amy. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Coincidence. But... Uh, yes. So David Roach is a pastor in Alabama and also did uh, just wrote a book that we, we talked about last had week. The interview yeah. last week. Yeah. He is now the third announced nominee for recording secretary, and he will be nominated by Mark Snowden, who is the director of missional leadership for the Cincinnati Area Baptist Association. So, so we've, you and I've known David for a, a really long time. And uh, he worked uh, for Baptist Press, done lots of things through the years. And he is the pastor of Shiloh Baptist Church in Sarah Land, Alabama. That's right. That's right. So just uh, been there just a couple of years. So uh, after he left Baptist Press. So uh, congrats to him on this announcement of his nomination. So that means three, you said. So we have Georgia pastor Javier Chavez, as well as North Greenville University provost Nathan Finn who are going to be nominated for that. So we got South Carolina, Georgia, and Alabama. Moving on, annual meeting. We have the, uh, an app. We have the updated app available now for the 2022 SBC annual meeting. Yeah, I'm look, I haven't uh, downloaded it yet. Well, if you had it from or, last year, it's, I guess updated it's it. I haven't, yeah. I haven't updated it. Well, it but... should update itself. It's just graphics and stuff. So, Well, maybe yeah. I should go look. Yes. All right. Our banter today is just off like completely it's because it's friday night it's the wrong time of the day that's right that's right we our schedules were different and uh today and so we're not getting to we we're not we're not recording at the normal time plus i traveled this week and i'm kind of delirious so but i'm looking forward to opening the app that you're telling me has already updated yes and to see you can watch the road to anaheim video series yes who Uh, had Amy Whitfield on there this week, by the that's way. That's what you know I heard. Yeah. Uh, I, yes, that's what I heard. You can register for free wellness checks offered by Guidestone. Yep. Find available hotel rooms. If you don't already have one. So yeah, right, the hotel portal's there yeah. as well. Yeah. So, but, And book okay. reports and other information will be uploaded there as soon as those are ready. Book reports, I think, will be ready next Tuesday. So May the 3rd. So there you go. All right. So that's the app. Check out the app. If you don't have it already, get it. If you do, just open it and see all the stuff in it. So all the exhibitors listed, the exhibit hall, everything you need to know, maps of the convention center, all the information that you need is in the SPC annual meeting app over at the app store for whatever phone you have. All right. 
Amy, some big news out of South Carolina this week. Gary Hollingsworth announced that he is stepping down as the executive director treasurer next April. So he's got a year left. That's right. He will be retiring. He believes that there's an incredible team of men and women on the convention staff, that they are ready uh, ready to go. And then he said he, he felt like, because they have been working to clarify mission, vision, strategy, and ministry metrics, and said he just felt like at this point he should either commit to stay another five to 10 years to see that strategy into the next phase or to decide this is the time for a new leader to step in. So kind of, it sounds like in the description, he just assessed where things were and said, either I need to stay long haul or it's time to let somebody else yeah. um, at this, at this stage and said, uh, you know, he's got children, grandchildren, you know, almost sounds to me, this read like uh, when my dad retired, you know, he said, I, I am, he's I think 65 and um, or turning 65 and said, I, I'm retiring before like, you know, before I get way down the road, but it's just a, just the right time. Yeah. So um, Gary's a yeah. good friend of the pod. We've had him on the podcast, had him on here right after he went to South Carolina uh, back in 2016, I believe. And and he is a good friend. And we, we have a lot of common friends. And my pastor was his kind of number two guy there in South Carolina before he came to our church. So uh, Gary is a stand-up guy and just uh, really respect that decision and going to miss him. But uh, we got a year left. So be good to see him in Anaheim in June. All right, some movement around the SBC, Amy, uh, some movement elsewhere. Good friend of the pod, Jonathan Six, the new Southeastern Vice President for Institutional Advancement. Yep, Jonathan is, like you said, good friend of the pod and a great friend of mine, former co-worker. Uh, he's been the Director of Financial and Alumni Development at Southeastern for a long time, so he and I worked together uh, there when I was Director of Marketing and Communications. And so Art Rayner has been in that position uh, the vice president position for eight years, but is heading out to launch a new financial training ministry. So he and his family are staying in the area, but just going to step out and and do that. That's a real passion of his. And so now Jonathan Six will be vice president for institutional advancement. So that's over things like admissions, um, communications, and like I said, financial and alumni development. So if I was still at Southeastern, he'd Jonathan, be your new boss would be my new boss, right? Or you'd be his boss because you would have gotten it. Um, I can tell you uh, right now that that would not, uh, that, yeah. that would. There are already enough Whitfields on the cabinet at Southeastern. Yeah, not, not, not likely thing. So. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, hey, down to New Orleans, they've got a new professor. They do. They do. Dr. Anderson. Tawa. Tawa. I'm, I'm actually not sure how to, how to pronounce, but. Uh, I'll have to learn, I guess, maybe sometime when I'm down there. But he's going to be associate. Or hey, I've got that one down. Okay, I've got it. He's going to be the, an associate professor of philosophy and apologetics. He he's very has has a lot of expertise in worldview studies, and that's a a really. I mean, New Orleans is known for their apologetics department for um, Bob Stewart and all the the work that he has done down there. And then of course, Jamie do is a philosopher and is incredible at that. So New Orleans is a great place for that discipline. And uh, so Dr. Anderson will be joining, 
joining that. And he comes to them from Oklahoma Baptist University. So congratulations to him and New Orleans for those moves, as well as Southeastern and Jonathan Six. Again, some news from Ohio. They are going to sell their Seneca Lake Baptist Assembly. They voted this week to finalize the sale of the property, said they had appraised it at $2 million, and they have a private buyer who has made a full cash offer of $2.1 million. So they already have a plan to disperse that money. Some of it's going to be put in the operating reserves. Some's going to reimburse a church that was paying to build a cabin on the property, so kind of reimburse them for the expenses they'd made into that. And some will go toward keeping the mineral rights from the property. So uh, remaining $1.1 million will be donated to the cooperative program in a 50-50 split between state and national. So that means $550,000 onto the national cooperative program allocation budget, as well as five hundred and fifty dollars to the state of Ohio. Thank you, Jeremy Westbrook, for that. Uh, good friend of the pod, the state exec up there, and uh, really exciting news from them in Ohio. So that's going to do it for our news this week and bring us to our interview with Charles Billingsley. Joining us this week on SBC This Week is the one and only Charles Billingsley. He's got a new album coming out next month, and we were able to get some time with Charles this week. Charles, thanks for joining us, man. Hey, thanks for having me on today, man. It's a little better than last time. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you you were on last uh, time a couple years ago, right after you had been dealing with uh, about a COVID, had been in the hospital, and we had you on and appreciated you coming on then and really appreciate you coming on now. And you got a new project. Well, we're excited about this because it's uh, it's just something very new for me. I've, I've been wanting to make a project like this for about 20 years and finally just spit the bullet. It's, it's a record full of just American Standard Classics. I tell everybody it's kind of a cross between uh, Michael Bublé and Andrea Bocelli. So there's some classical stuff on there. There's a couple of Broadway tunes on there. There's... Uh, some big band tunes on there. It's just a little bit of everything, and uh, it turned out really great. We're really happy with it. Yeah. So you you mentioned you know the the variety of songs. You've got everything from "Bring Him Home," which is from Les Mis, you know, big Broadway show tune. Just just really showing off the pipes there, by the way. And then you've got "Danny Boy." You've got uh, an "America the Beautiful" rendition that's a cappella. That you had some. I think some folks are Liberty join you. "Let There Be Peace on Earth," which is just fantastic as well. Like, how, how did you pick these songs? Like, like, did you start with 40 or 50 of your favorite songs and then just kind of whittle it down to these 15? Yeah, started off with the idea of just doing this American Standards record, like things like The Shadow of Your Smile and The Very Thought of You, songs like that. So those are the first ones we picked. And then I thought, you know, it sure would be nice if I could try this remake of Time to Say Goodbye, although that was a little intimidating because, you know, that's one of the great classics and Andrea Bocelli and Sarah Brightman pretty much, you know, just knocked it out of the park on the first time. And I started looking and there's very few people have ever done a remake of that. Um, and I just thought, you know, I think I want to do this. So that was a, a unique and fun experience. And then and then uh, the idea of Bring Him Home came around just because I felt like I needed a ballad and I've always loved that song. And so it just kind of became this eclectic mix of, oh, and then and then the group Voctive down in Orlando, uh, the idea, because they're on the same record company, the idea of doing something with them came about. And, uh, of course, they're an a cappella group. And I knew I wanted at least one patriotic number on here just as a, you know, uh, something that I haven't really done. And so it kind of just became this huge group of songs. It's 15 songs in all. And, um, and I knew I wanted to do some big band tunes also. 
So it's it's a really fun mix, but somehow it all kind of meshes together into one big project. What we did is we, we sort of wanted to just create one record that would be sort of a calling card into into this world of symphonies and performing arts centers that we're sort of breaking into. And uh, and so that's what we did. We just created as much material as we could uh, to be able to move into these uh, into this world a little bit. What well, what was your favorite song on the record to record? My favorite song on the record, man. I guess it sort of depends on my mood. Um, one of my favorites is, is the one I, the only original on the, on the record. It's a, it's it's the song I wrote to my wife. It's called Perfect, and, and uh, co-wrote it with a friend of mine. And that's one of my favorites, just because I I was really happy with the way it turned out. It's a lot of fun. Um, I would have to say Bring Him Home is one of my favorites. And, and You'll Never Walk Alone uh, is also one of my favorites just because I love the encouraging message of that one. Uh, another standout, I think, in the record is Danny Boy just because it's it's so different from this from everything else. You know, there's a lot of full orchestration and big stuff on this record. Danny Boy is just a guitar and uh, 12 voices and me and... Uh, and uh, it it turned out really nice. So I don't know. I I kind of you know you know how it is. I'm, I'm sort of in love with all of them right now. But I think over the course of of the next six months or so, as we start doing these live, it, there's always two or three that sort of rise to the top. And I think uh, I think because of where we're at in in the world right now with this war with Ukraine and Russia, let there be peace on earth could possibly be a real a real powerful song in concert. I just had a video done for that yesterday and little things like that that, uh, that I think will be poignant. I think Bring Him Home will be a, a crowd favorite just because it's such a wonderful and, and well-loved song, you know. But but the big band numbers are, are a ton of fun to sing. So I think uh, things like It Had to Be You and Beyond the Sea will be a lot of fun to perform. So I don't know. What, I guess the jury's out, but over the course of the next six months i think there's going to be a few that probably rise to the top yeah now, now you mentioned you're you're kind of moving into that performance space of like symphony halls and performing arts centers those kind of things so tell us a little bit about the tour and and maybe where folks can you know find out more information and come see you when you're out and about yeah well you know uh, for so long i've been singing in churches and doing church conferences and i'm still going to be doing that it's not like i'm walking away from oh yeah the church but at the same time um we are, you know, and here's the deal. The way performing arts centers and symphonies work is they work about a year out. So we're probably not going to be doing a lot of symphony and performing arts center dates until the spring of 2023, just because everybody's about a year out on their scheduling. Um, but I did go with a group called Ovation, which is a very uh, strong booking company that uh, is making a concerted effort to sort of put us on that circuit. And so uh, I would look for lot of dates to start appearing in the in the spring of 2023 as far as the symphony and performing arts center dates uh up until then we'll still be doing a lot of churches and a lot of church concerts and conferences and i'll be utilizing a lot of these songs in the midst of those uh, starting well actually starting may 13th when we actually debut the record uh in lynchburg virginia with the full symphony now, whenever you you do the the tour, like later on, and and you're doing these performing arts centers and stuff, I, I'm guessing you're going to have like the local symphony. So, like, you come to Nashville and perform at the Skirmerhorn, you'll have the Nashville Symphony Orchestra featuring Charles Billingsley. Is that how it'll be? That is the goal. Yeah, 
that that's the goal um you know i think i think uh we're probably going to try to focus on some of the smaller markets first places like um birmingham uh chattanooga uh you know that it's a it's surprising how many local communities have a symphony you know and uh and a lot of the symphony players actually play in their local churches on sunday mornings yeah and so it it seems like a fairly natural fit for me to sort of be breaking into this world. But I, I tell you what, what I love more than anything, Jonathan, about this is that I just get the opportunity to just rear back and sing, you know? I mean, I, uh, I, I just love it. And these songs are so great. And it also allows me the opportunity to be in front of an audience that's never heard me before. And uh, who knows, I might be able to instill just a little bit of hope for their soul by way of these songs and also by way of pointing them to resources that, uh, you know, uh, will invite them to the love of God. Yeah. Oh, it's an opening for the gospel. I mean, you're engaging yeah. a new market and with the, uh, the opportunity to be able to share the gospel with, uh, with people through music. It's just a, a you know, a perfect yeah. way to use the talents God's given you to, to share the gospel with those who need it. Well, I'm really hoping that's, that's what happens. You know, I mean, I'm excited to sort of introduce myself to a whole new world out there that, that I've never sung to and it certainly doesn't know me. But in the process, I just hope to point them to a little bit of hope uh, through some good music. Um, and uh, and Lord knows we need that hope right now in our world, don't we? So uh, tell us, you know, tell folks where they can find out more about the album, download it. I know it releases, you mentioned you got the big release next month in Lynchburg there. Uh, in the middle of May, yeah. uh, where we're, I guess they can get it on all their streaming platforms, pre-order the CD through the website and all that. Oh, yes. You, if you want a physical copy, they will be in stores. Um, and of course you can always go to charlesbillingsley.com to get a physical copy, but, uh, most people download their music these days or stream it and you can get, of course, anywhere else music is found, uh, Apple music, Spotify, Pandora, wherever. And, uh, you can actually do a pre-order even now. And when you do the pre-order, on Apple Music and Spotify, you get a you get uh, as of today you get three songs downloaded immediately. So, um, so it's available, um, you know, uh, right away. But the the full record comes out May thirteenth, and and uh, it is quite a long record. It's fifteen songs, and then in the fall I'll be putting out vinyl versions of it. So that'll oh, be fun too. All right, there we go. Yeah. So vinyl vinyl coming in the fall. That is the the shadow of your smile. From Charles right. Billingsley and uh, folks, I'm telling you, we, we have a preview copy that we got from his PR folks. You do not want to miss this. This is spectacular. And um, I, whenever we we heard it the other day, I got the email, opened it immediately, and texted you like right away, like we've <laughs> yes, got to you have did. you back on. This is incredible. <laughs> and I appreciated that very much. I really do. So uh, bring him home. Easily my favorite. I'm a huge Lee Miss guy. So oh, are you? Like okay, I was yeah. like, this is spectacular. So, <laughs> well, we, we added a key it. change in that yes, song there. And, you, and did. you know who? Uh, As if it wasn't high was, enough for you. It's like, <laughs> let's take it up another notch. <laughs> well, the guy who uh, did that arrangement is a guy named Brian Eads. And believe it or not, he's directed, I, I know at least the road show, but I know he directed the, the, uh, the Broadway production of the show. I think he's directed that show more than any other director in history. Something, wow. Something around like 1,300 shows or something. He's the one who actually played on it, uh, the piano, and he also is the one who um, who uh, did the arrangement. And so he he put that key change in, and I was like, man, that's 
that's different than anything I think that anybody's ever heard from this song. And it really, it's, it's beautiful. I'm, I'm very, very, I'm thrilled with that, that, uh, that way it turned out. What's well, spectacular. And so anyway, folks, be sure, check it out. The Shadow of Your Smile, the new album from Charles Billingsley. Charles, thanks again for taking the time, man. Wish you all the best. You guys stay safe. You're on the road right now. Where are you headed? Where are you headed this week? Yeah, we're we're headed to Myrtle Beach to do a women's conference. I think we got about six thousand women down there, and and then uh, and you and the guys, me and my <laughs> yeah. me and my my band. <laughs> yeah, so a lot of estrogen in the room, but uh, we have a good time. It's very emotional. But enough about the <laughs> band, right? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, Charles. Thanks, man. You guys be safe. And have a great one. Thanks again for joining us today on SBC This Week. Thanks, Jonathan. Have a good one, man. All right. Thanks for that, Jonathan. And uh, I hate that I missed that again, but so excited about this new album. Yes. And uh, I know you enjoyed it just like I have over the past week since we've got it. So uh, congratulations again to Charles on that. And that's going to bring us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. All right. We're going to go to 1958 to a revival service. Um, or actually a week of revivals that the pastor didn't even get to hear, but apparently was very successful, but it was important enough to put in Baptist press. The headline was mumps don't spoil revival services. It was a church in Griffin, Georgia, the first Baptist church of Griffin, Georgia. It said neither the pastor nor the evangelist saw each other during the week's revival in First Baptist Church here, but the pastor heard every word in every service. Uh, pastor Sidney Waterhouse, embarrassing as it was, went to bed with the mumps just before services were to start. The uh, evangelist was L. Tramel Buckaloo from Oklahoma. Of, <laughs> of course, it was. I can't. Oh, Buckaloo. Amy, that's his name. Don't be laughing at his name. Oh man, I just thought I thought I could get it out, but man, uh, so he's from Oak Hill Baptist Church nearby, and so I guess what was happening is Sydney Waterhouse was supposed to preach the revival, and then um, Pastor Buckaloo from Oak Hill found out that Sydney Waterhouse had the mumps came to the rescue, did the preaching, but Sydney Waterhouse, they ran, it said, it said they ran a special line from the church to his bedside and he heard the entire thing. Well, I can't, (laughs) it's a tin can with a string. (laughs) I don't know. It just said they heard him through a special line run from the church to his bedside. This is, it was 1958. Maybe he didn't have a telephone in his bedroom and that was the special line that they ran to the bedside. I okay. don't know. Yeah, maybe. You know, but they had that nowadays, long cord from the kitchen. You know what I'm talking that's about. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yes. But now, you know, if somebody's sick, they just watch it on the live stream. But that's what that's what they did. So Pastor Waterhouse was able to listen to Pastor Buckaloo. There were 16 additions to the church with 13 for baptisms. It was a very good revival, I think, there for First Baptist Church, Griffin, Georgia. But yeah, mumps did not get in the way of that revival happening. And 
a special line. Don't know what it was, if it came from the kitchen or if it came from, it said a special line from the church to his bedside. So I'm sure he's at the parsonage next door. So they just must've done something. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, very interesting human interest story. Uh, Pretty short little thing there in the April 27th, 1958 issue. And uh, so just kind of an interesting piece of trivia there this week in SBC history. Wow. You know, before the, the COVID vaccine, this was the fastest vaccine that was developed. Took four oh, the years. mumps vaccine. Huh? The mumps vaccine was? Yeah, took four years and it licensed in 1967. Okay. So. Well, that's very interesting. Yeah, how about that? So, all right. Well, you know, everybody has a Pastor Buckaloo, a Pastor Buckaloo. So. Yes, yes. Well, a, he came through. It's a VeggieTale call. He really did. Yes. All right. Resources of the week, Amy. My resource of the week is a new book from Dean and Sarah called Pure. It's a, it's a look at sexuality in our current culture, and it is fantastic. I just started reading it this week, and it uh, comes out, I think, in just a few weeks. It talks really a lot about why the Bible's plan for sexuality isn't outdated, irrelevant, or oppressive. So kind of pushing back on the kind of cultural aspect of sexuality and sex and really replacing that with a biblical worldview of sex and sexuality. So very, very good book if you have teenagers. I'm really yeah. learning a lot of, lot through this book to be able to talk to my teenagers about because they're being hit and inundated with this view of sexuality and their culture a lot more, I think, than you and I are as adults. But I think if you have teenagers, preteens, that kind of thing, you need to read this book. Absolutely must read this book. Young adults, if you're a young adult, you know somebody who's maybe in their 18 to 28 range, you know, that kind of thing, get this book for them. If you got kids that age, get it for them. Fantastic book. Dean's a good friend of the pod, and uh, this is a really, really, really good book, and I, I highly recommend it. So that's my resource of the week, Pure, Why the Bible's Plan for Sexuality Isn't Outdated, Irrelevant, or Oppressive, from Dean and Sarah. Amy, your resource of the week is... Um, a new uh, release from Lifeway Research, the 2022 Greatest Needs of Pastors study. Um, so they interviewed 200 U.S. Protestant pastors who identified 44 issues that they face in their roles. So that was kind of the smaller, like the sample, you know, set. And then they surveyed a thousand additional okay. gotcha. pastors to determine the greatest needs. I was so like, they, they, 200 ain't enough 200, for like research. Right, right. So I right. was wondering where the, the sample size was going to go up here. Yeah. So the 200 was to help narrow it down, like to that identify was like a core, 44. Like a core team to get the information right. and then right. went out and surveyed the the. Right. To, okay, got it. to say like, you know, rank them or whatever. They divided those into seven categories, ministry difficulties, spiritual needs, mental challenges, personal life, self-care, people dynamics, and areas of skill development. Of those seven categories, 6% of pastors say that mental challenges are currently the most challenging area for them or the area that requires the most attention and so they, you know, kind of identified some of those things, but a few a few other ones talked about like, so in, in the area of, um, I'm going to just kind of highlight those, these areas. Cause I think it's interesting. Uh, the greatest need overall that they recognize is developing leaders and volunteers Yeah, in the that. ministry, in the ministry difficulties area. That's it. That's the top ministry difficulty, developing leaders and volunteers in spiritual needs. The top 
need was a consistency in personal prayer in um, skill development. It was in disciple making. And that was kind of a like hmm. far ahead. 63% said disciple making is important for them to continue investing in so they can improve their role. And then next was like 50% said technology. Um, so this is where they, they ranked them. It wasn't like pick one. I mean, yeah. you might pick more than one, but it's just saying 63% of them said this okay. aspects of self-care. Uh, the, the number one was consistently exercising. Um, aspects of personal life, time management was number one, mental challenges, stress was number one. So very interesting. There's yeah. a, a, there's life. We research had a great, you know, kind of link that gave an overview and I think it would be, uh, be helpful, certainly helpful to me as a, you know, I'm a former, uh, you know, Keith was a pastor, so we certainly lived that life, but then around here, a lot of people that are training for the pastorate yeah. and, I work with a lot of pastors and stuff, so a very, very helpful resource. Yeah, and what I'm seeing too is churches are really struggling to find pastors right now. Yes, because a pastors. lot of these stresses kind of a is kind of yeah moving them out. Um, yeah, kind of walking away from it. So uh, we got a story coming to Baptist Press, I think, this week about uh, one of the states in the SPC and how they've got like 250 churches without a pastor right now. Good and night. Just churches really, really struggling. I heard from another pastor today about their state saying it somewhere around 25% of their churches are without a pastor. And it's just like, wow, what's going on here? Um, yeah. And and when I talk to folks at the seminary like Keith and Adam Greenway uh, at Southwestern and others, they're basically saying the same thing. There's a lot of people coming to seminary, but not a lot of them are wanting to be pastors. So yeah. um, it's it's a difficult time right now. And uh, churches are, are really struggling as a result. So, yeah, that's a fascinating research there from Lifeway Research. Thank them for all that they do for Southern Baptist. Amy, that's going to kind of do it for the show here. Great show this week and uh, some big news and a great interview with Charles Billingsley. Thanks again, Charles, for being on the show. Be sure to check out his new album as well. It comes out next month, May the 13th is the drop date for that new album. And Vinyl in the Fall, Amy. Vinyl in the Fall. So you can get your vinyl copy. Oh, you bet. Yeah. All right. So that's going to do it for the show this week, Amy. See you next week. See you next week.